0: Hello, hello. Welcome back to Camp Half Pod. We are your head counselors. I'm Erin, daughter of Athena.
1: And I'm Manas, the daughter of Persephone. This week, we're starting off Mark of Athena with chapters one through four. Yay! <laughs> oh, yay. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so, so excited for this.
0: Me too. I It's fun because I know I like this one. lot in this series but I've also only read it once as Mm -hmm. well Mm -hmm. and so it's exciting because I don't remember large chunks of it
1: I think genuinely the last time I read this book was like 2012 when it came out Mm -hmm.
0: and you had to wait for I had to wait yeah
1: it was oh god I yeah now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know if I have to like wait had to wait for it or was it the mm. next one after regardless. It it's been a long time and there's a lot of stuff that I vaguely remember in this book, but I've also combined all of the the last 3 books into one. So, I'm excited to just mm. separate it out. Mhm. Also, I just oh my god, reading this He's gotten so much better with time, mm-hmm. especially starting off with a Lost Hero, of differentiating his narrators, like, his point of views. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then we actually, like, so Percy's, we can see the life and the, the sarcastic troublemaker, whatever you want to describe him as. And then Hazel, someone who is, like, very traumatized. And Frank who was just Oh yes, Hazel's
0: personality. It's trauma. trauma. (laughs) I mean
1: we're gonna when we get to Nico's point of view, it's just like Nico. (laughs) Yeah, the same. Does he have a point of view? Yeah, he does in the very last book. Yeah. In his point of view it's also it's just trauma as well. And then for Frank it's just a bit insecure. But Annabeth is, like, the first time we see a character who, like, you can see critical thinking happening. It's amazing.
0: (laughs) We love to see it.
1: We love to see it. It just made me so happy. Because you can just see how the wheels are churning, how she's, like, needing to be the the mind, the only brain cell of the operation. And it's, like, if she's not, they're all gonna die. And it's... But she's also just, like, a nervous ball of, like... Feelings and nervousness, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, she's she's written very well. Like you, you can also tell that mm-hmm. Rick really loves her. If that makes sense, like yeah, Piper and I mean, kind of low key, like you know, hate crimes. Piper for the most of the book, yeah. So, um, I wouldn't yeah. say he likes her very much. She's fine with Hazel, but again, she's new. Annabeth is like his baby. You can see he's, she's written with a lot more care and understanding than the others.
0: Yeah, you can tell that Annabeth and Percy are also his favorites and like mm-hmm. everyone else's because mm-hmm. they're so much more fun to read as well.
1: <laughs> I'm sure they're more fun to write as well.
0: Oh yeah. That would be so fun. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah, so we're just doing the first four chapters so that we can spend a lot of time talking about Annabeth. <laughs>
1: Which we found we like to do, yeah. We love to overanalyze her, yeah. Just, like, really get into her
0: feelings. It's not like we're rejecting or anything. (laughs) (laughs) And then, yeah, exactly, no, it's just, we just love this character. Yeah. And then we'll probably be mostly doing chunks of, like, eight chapters for this book, like we did with Son of Neptune, except, um, with a few exceptions, namely Percy and Annabeth chapters, we'll probably spend more time on sorry to uh piper and leo
1: they'll forgive us
0: i think so yeah they will they're also not real but that's
1: there's not (laughs) they're not real (laughs) yeah but we are so let's go into it all right So basically, a big summary of this is it's Annabeth, right? Annabeth time. Mm -hmm. Annabeth point of view, we're reuniting with Percy. We're having a narrator with some common sense. And we're going to get slowly started on our main quest. It's about to be so much fun. The gang's all here. The gang's all here. Now, since we're doing Annabeth, Erin asked me uh, which chunk of the four chapters I wanted to do, and I said to switch things up, also because I love them so much, the first two chapters, so we're going to switch it up for this episode, and I'm going to go first. It is going to be fun because I'm used to just, like, leaning back and having you tell me a story in the beginning, which I enjoy, (laughs) but I guess I'll start with a story. All right, Annabeth chapters one and two. All right, chapter one starts with our love, Annabeth pacing the deck of the Argo two, making sure that they have their I come in peace white flag raised high. And Coach, who's, you know, just a little bit too too trigger happy, he's ready for war at all times, so he's locked away in his cabin. Annabeth is nervous, and even though everything has been planned out, there's a chance that the Romans will not be welcoming, and they might be walking straight into a war. Here we get the description of the Argo two, which... Let me find and read.
0: Do you think that I, I. okay, well, I wasn't listening to this song, Mike was, which tells you about him. He was listening to the Lonely Island and the song I'm on a boat. And then he just like, was like, do you think Percy and Leo sang this on the Arco
1: too? Oh, 100%, especially <laughs> right? what I 2000... feel like they sang it the whole time.
0: <laughs> when did that song come out? So this is 2012. twelve, I mean, the Lonely Island was very big among boys in our middle school. <laughs> I also so into So, I feel Lonely like Island. this is, and among <laughs> you.
1: among <laughs> me. Unfortunately. It came I mean, out in 2009. I, I have a feeling yeah. that they definitely brought it back for this.
0: Yeah, Percy and Leo definitely were singing that all the time. Jason might have joined in. I feel like Frank wouldn't want anything to do with that. <laughs>
1: I feel like Jason joined in, but it's kind of like a, you know, when a celebrity is like goes grocery shopping to be like, I'm one of you. I'm just like you.
0: <laughs> Jason chimed in, but he didn't know the words. No. Even though it's just, I'm on a boat. <laughs> He's, He's just like, like say bopping the wrong thing. in the back. <laughs> Wants to be
1: with the boys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So here's the description of the Argo 2. All the right. The boat. The boat. The Argo 2 definitely did not look friendly. 200 feet long with bronze plated hull, mounted repeating crossbows fore and aft, a flaming metal dragon for a figurehead, and two rotating. Hmm. Maybe I should not have
0: an illegal book. (laughs) Oh no, what does it say?
1: It's combined about three words into one.
0: Two rotating ballistae amidships. Ballistae? Oh no. <laughs> I don't know which one it is. This is not going well. We can't say boat words. <laughs> Maybe we should just cut this.
1: I'll just say it was a boat. <laughs>
0: It's a big like we call boat. Difficulty. I know. <laughs> oh man.
1: <laughs> so it was a big boat um, with a lot of weapons. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, with now takes the time to describe her crew members. Leo, their captain, flies the ship with an essentially glorified Wii controller. And he can fire weapons by playing a specific album and turn the ship by pulling the throttle, which Annabeth then describes him as, even for a demigod, Leo was seriously ADHD. Because that also sounds like the stupidest system. Imagine you're queuing up a song, and this is, what, 2012, and then an ad plays on Spotify. (laughs) (laughs) (gasps) <gasps> oh, or you're using pandora at this time right there's an ad oh god and so you're yeah. trying to wait for the ad to finish so you can unless they're putting cds and i have no idea anyway so piper is practicing her charm speak getting ready to ask the romans to lower the weapons if it comes down to it and she's become quite powerful since her last time like our time away from her and her point of view and she's now in a serious relationship with jason Annabeth does not trust Jason. He's too serious and cold and in control for her. I'm like, she's he's her in boy form, essentially. Yeah.
0: That's so funny.
1: But she likes her men stupid and funny. So she's worried that he's actually working for the Romans and is going to betray them, but has to calm her fears so they can at least try. Because somewhere below them is Percy. Annabeth is full of nerves and fears, And she can't even pray to her mom. Apparently, last time she encountered her mother, she had a horrible time and had been given a horrible present. And now there seems to be a chill that follows her and an evil laugh she hears in the distance constantly. But more on that later. They fly over Camp Jupiter and the horns sound. Annabeth is floored at the size of the camp, especially compared to the summer camp she grew up with. It's so fortified and organized, it makes Annabeth uncomfortable. Annabeth likes chaos, because then she can try and control it herself. That's just like an analysis I've decided about her. I can see that. I, I get that. Yeah. Because then she can be the unchaotic one. Exactly. So she's like, you know, yeah. I'm the one who's in control. Yeah, yeah. So a crowd is appearing below them as they fly overhead. She starts looking for Percy in the crowd when suddenly a statue explodes onto the deck. It's our favorite narc, the statue, Terminus. (laughs) He's a cop, like, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Border patrol. He's border patrol. Yeah. He's angry that the ship is trying to land on Roman ground since the ship itself is a giant weapon, and that's against the rules. Everyone starts bickering, and Annabeth has to calm the crew and the statue down. As they argue, Annabeth looks down and sees Percy. He's wearing a purple cape, like Jason's, and he has his arms around two kids like they were best friends. He seems at ease and at home, and that makes Annabeth feel really uncomfortable. Annabeth tells Leo to stop the ship and says they will simply hover the ship over the ground because they're not technically landing on it and use the ladder to come down. She knows that no one will be able to be armed in the area, so she's counting on that when they go down themselves unarmed. And honestly, she just wants to get to Percy. And that's how the chapter ends. Mm -hmm. Chapter 2. Annabeth walks to the crowd. Everyone is bandaged from their recent battle and on edge as they're watching the Greeks come into their city. Annabeth even notices full families, partners with their children, and even babies, something she's never seen before. Apparently at camp, everyone just kind of fucks off after they get old enough or they become camp counselors. There's no in-between. Or they die. Or they die. That's true. My bad. There is a third oh. option.
0: Oh, or they become Kronos.
1: Oh, that's true. But that—that that, I think Luke was a camp counselor first.
0: So you're I right. Think that's falls the, in the, yeah, before he becomes Kronos. It's crook. the camp counselor to Kronos pipeline. There
1: we go. They don't talk about it enough. We're not educated enough yeah. about it yeah (laughs) she sees Mrs. O'Leary and Tyson in the crowd he was like their first wave scout that they had sent ahead and even though she's on edge she admires how beautiful the city is and how well it's been constructed the crowd parts and a beautiful woman walks towards them um with authority and purpose it's Raina and the girl I'm continuously trying to marry off I was like reading this and I was like (laughs) Annabeth and Raina would make an interesting couple I was like I need to calm down (laughs) be so powerful but like you do need to calm down (laughs) they both have like too much top energy i think yeah i think it wouldn't work out they both need their himbos so or you know reyna can just not have a partner that's fine
0: (laughs) i'm very excited for you to read trials of apollo because reyna's characterization and there's like there's stuff in there about like her relationships and i think It'll be very funny. I think <laughs> am I I gonna ex- for you experience
1: <laughs> I think it's gonna be fun for me to have like make a fool of myself because everyone in the entire fandom has already read those books. So me coming yes. in and making these statements is quite fun for all of y'all
0: to hear. Yeah. yeah. I think you should make like as we get closer, as we start reading them, continue make even more absurd predictions. Okay. I think that would be good. And then then maybe you'll get something right. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. Okay, I'll make
1: I'll yeah. make a prediction before every episode of when we get to those books. We have a while to go. <laughs> yeah. When we get to those books, I'll make some predictions. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so seeing as Annabeth and Reyna are too similar, Annabeth even sees herself in Raina's expressions, the forced leadership, the hopefulness of peace. And while they're eyeing each other, someone else emerges from the crowd and Annabeth visions tunnels. And, um, hmm... Do I have to read this? I do. I'm so sorry. I yes. hope that everything is normal in this
0: one. <laughs> <laughs> There's no typos in your book. I oh, know. Like, <laughs> Percy's name is just like wingdings.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Imagine that I've been like lying to you and I've been actually interpreting all of this from wingdings to English and like
0: I'm a master at it now. Can you imagine being like, oh, I'm actually bilingual. I speak wingdings. <laughs>
1: And just start making computer-crashing noises with my throat? <laughs> <laughs> oh no... Percy smiled at her, the sarcastic, troublemaker smile that had annoyed her for years, but eventually had become endearing. His sea-green eyes were gorgeous as she remembered. His dark hair was swept to one side like he'd just come from a walk on the beach. He looked even better than he had six months ago, tanner and taller leaner, and more muscular. Annabeth was too... (laughs) Annabeth was too stunned to move. She felt (laughs) The woman was too stunned
0: to move. That's exactly what I thought of.
1: (laughs) (laughs) She felt that if she got any closer to him, all the molecules in her body might combust. She secretly had had a crush on him since they were 12 years old. Last summer, she had fallen for him hard. They had been a happy couple for four months, and then he disappeared. During their separation, something had happened to Annabeth's feelings. They'd grown painfully intense, like she'd been forced oh. to withdraw from a life-saving medication. Now she wasn't sure which was more excruciating. Living with that horrible absence or being with him again.
0: Oh mm-hmm.
1: I was just like, what if it's just me screaming as I read this the entire time? Because that's how I feel every single time I've read this. And I You're have to like, tell hold on, you- I
0: need to read this.
1: <laughs> I haven't reread this book since 2012, but I have reread these four chapters mm. like three or four mm-hmm. times, and then I have I know it's unpopular, but I have I know that it's different in the Trails of Apollo, whatever. I've also reread the Calypso Leo chapters. mm mm-hmm mm-hmm. mm-hmm
0: those are those are very i'll enjoy those chapters they're Me like too. such a nice break in the book i'm excited to get there
1: especially because there's so much going on and just to like have a little quiet and enemies to lovers for chapter yeah montage is kind of nice all right why reyna is taught what if calypso and reyna got together oh my god Monica <laughs> calm down <laughs> Alright, while is talking to Jason and welcoming him back to the city, Annabeth instead runs to Percy at the same time he runs to her and they share this passionate kiss. Before Annabeth quickly flips the son of a bitch over, <laughs> <laughs> the horrible feel, feeling of fear and bitterness melts as Percy laughs at her and everyone is like on edge because a Greek just flipped their praetor over and like pinned mm-hmm. him to the ground um but they back off it's (laughs) called foreplay that's clearly what it is (laughs) first he's like wow i missed this (laughs) and piper's a bit mad because she had been practicing her lines of introduction and annabeth has completely ruined their little play they'd been practicing But it's fine. They all head into the city, and Percy is flanked by two kids Annabeth had seen earlier. From their body language, Annabeth can tell that they feel really close and protective of Percy, and they have shared adventures together. As someone who is used to being a part of all of Percy's adventures, Annabeth feels a little jealous. She also takes a moment to make sure that this girl that is with with him doesn't have any chemistry between the two of them because who the fuck knows what he was up to when he didn't have memories. But she quickly deciphers. She's like, okay, I can tell that this girl is actually dating that guy. And um clearly Percy doesn't feel that way about her, so we're good. I'm like, girl, you just made out it with him and judo flipped him in front of everyone. I think he would know if he had another girlfriend. Yeah. But at the same time, I get where her fears are coming from because Jason fully has started dating Piper without remembering anything of his old life. So, like, who knows what Percy did? Yeah. So Octavian objects to having Greeks inside the city, but Percy kind of shoots him away and guides Annabeth around. Annabeth hears that laugh again and gets a chill on the back of her neck. She knows something is about to go wrong, but she can't risk losing Percy again by escaping now. She just has to continue on and talk with the Romans. All right, so I have a couple of notes. Um, We have a bit of insight on how Annabeth will be treated in Rome and by the Romans when Terminus mentions that Minerva should not have been considered a goddess of wisdom or war. And that the Romans put her in her place. So I was thinking, it's kind of reminded me of like the goddesses that the Romans do like, and they did adopt, are very like central on like Isis and Artemis. Did the Romans
0: adopt Isis?
1: Yeah. So they had statues. Like from Egyptian? Yes. They had temples of Isis still in existence. That was the last Egyptian god to like continue to live on. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of cult of Isis and stuff like that. Um, because Isis is like the ideal wife and mother. She, when uh, Osiris is cut up into a bunch of pieces, she goes and still manages to make a son with, you know, what pieces she finds. And like has that, raises that son to go avenge his father and like reclaim mm-hmm. the throne. Like she is seen as the the staple of motherhood and Womanhood in that way. So the same way that they love Juno, they love Isis too, and they like nice. Artemis because they're really into wolves, and the whole furry theory comes back into it. And they're like, "Oh, oh we yes, love so that's that. it." <laughs> so you know, there's a certain brand of woman that's acceptable to Romans, and being wise and being in charge of war is not it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, my second point is something that I know we'll have to discuss a little bit about because i know there's a lot of you are my only access to what other people think about this book series oh, because no, i was really isn't that weird <laughs> i was really i'm not really first of all a super online person regardless mm-hmm. unless it's very specific things like wikipedia um <laughs> <laughs> so
0: google.com
1: com have you heard of it um <laughs> so i don't Especially because at the peak of my being involved in these books, like I've always loved these books, but my peak involvement of liking these books and stuff was before I was online, like as a child. And then when I was reading even the um, this series, I was like on Pinterest, and I was like too shy mm-hmm. to type in Persabeth on Tumblr. Like I, there's like <laughs> the, I had per, personal. Um, lines that I didn't cross and that was one of them so that's it but anyway I so I have very formed opinions that have been influenced by nothing I've heard online ever but I know from what maybe you've mentioned there's a lot of online takes about the judo flip like mm-hmm. a lot of people aren't happy with it yeah was that, yeah so like tell it, it's me about true. that
0: Oh, I don't want to.
1: Because if some of
0: yeah, this discourse sometimes makes me um wish that I was devoured by Chronos. Um I know so there's a lot of takes. A lot of people are like this is abusive, this is physical violence. Therefore Percy and Annabeth are toxic and abusive. Mm-hmm. And my opinion is like whoa whoa whoa. Like let's rewind a bit. Is Judy- judo flipping your partner is not- most situations, it's not something you should do. But, they pro- like, these. they're demigods who spa- who like, their relationship we know they've sparred before. And also, Percy's not hurt, he seems to enjoy it. It just- there's things to be upset about, and then there's things that maybe you should just take a deep breath about,
1: you know? Mm-hmm. I always read it and I thought Rick described it pretty well in the same way that if you have a child or if you've ever watched a child, like not watched, but you know, you're, you're in charge of a child who then runs into traffic or does something dangerous and mm. you grab them and you're trying to make them understand what they did was dangerous. It's a mixture of your own fear and a mixture of like trying to scare them into realizing your fear and so that they are safe that's how mm-hmm. I've always interpreted it as. It's like she's had this fear that he's almost he's been missing and he's could have been dead this whole entire time and she loves him so much. So she just kind of flips him over to like really get in his face to be like, "Hey, don't you ever do that again."
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I think like like obviously partner violence is no joke and being no. like physically violent or any other kind of violence is not like don't do that that's not good and even if you don't hurt the person like it's still should you shouldn't do it but i think that context is important and mm-hmm. i think that we can label this particular behavior and be like hey maybe judo flipping your partner isn't the best thing to do well that doesn't mean the relationship is like abusive and toxic because honestly like percy and annabeth are a very like healthy relationship model for especially kids reading this that like mm-hmm. maybe don't have that model in their life of two people who are very supportive of one another and also independent. And so I think that like throwing around the word abusive to describe their whole relationship, is like it does more harm. Like it's going to confuse kids who maybe don't have examples of healthy relationships and thought this was a healthy relationship. And then are like, wait, what it's going to confuse people. And I think we can just say like, you know, judo flipping your partner is not healthy. And in this particular context, like, that that's something they do together. Yeah, they're demigods. Like they, they spar, they're demigods, yeah.
1: Yeah. Percy, at one point, was basically immortal, so, like, there's not too. <laughs> <laughs> if we're going to take into every, like, a uh, grain of, like, everything with a grain of salt, right? They've, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Also, they're, like, 17. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, like, I don't know, I don't. Think you can expect them to be like the pinnacle of perfect relationship behavior, even if they are a really good relationship model. Mm-hmm. They're seventeen or sixteen; like they're not gonna be, they're not gonna be hashtag goals for everything. Yeah,
1: I think I, it was just so funny to me because I didn't know that that was a mm. an opinion that the people in the public had of this. I thought everyone was like, yeah, and then moved on. Because, like, we were all focusing on the fact that they finally got back. Like, they're finally together. We just waited mm-hmm. five books for them to kiss. And, like, immediately had to wait two more books for them to kiss again. Like, yeah, it's a long wait. And um, I didn't know that until I think either you brought it up or it was brought up by someone, someone of the other podcasters that this was a take that existed and I was floored by it. So I thought when we got to it, we'd yeah. have to discuss it a little bit.
0: Yeah, I also think that people just like to pick things apart. Mm Mhm. Like, people just- sometimes the internet is a curse. (laughs) And I think, like, obviously, uh, critiquing things, like, is a form of loving things. Like, there are plenty of things we've critiqued in this. And I think there's a line you can draw with being like, okay, we don't need to ruin it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We can critique it without, like, ruining every little single piece of this work. Anyways, my personal opinion, I'm like, Annabeth, you can judo flip me, honey. Like- I know, I was just
1: saying, I remember reading this as a, like, a teenager and being like, this is peak romance. Like, she's yeah. stronger than him. Like, I love that yeah. for her. This is ideal. <laughs> I also really loved that she's just been this ball of nervous energy these entire first two chapters and it dissipates the moment Percy laughs like he's the only one that like really understands that being just like super carefree is like what she needs and that's That's what she had been waiting for and I think it's beautiful I'm very very happy Yeah. yeah me too
0: and I totally get like you know if people reading this maybe people who are like you know, viewing it with their own experiences is maybe they've been in a relationship that had physical violence. Mm. And so, like, I obviously... Like, that's super valid to project that onto this and this would make a person feel uncomfortable. Um, Yeah, I just think, like, label the behavior, not the whole relationship. Goes for good things, too. Like, there are plenty of, like, you know, couples that people are, like, gulls because they see them, like, do one cute thing together and maybe they're actually a really unhealthy relationship. So... well
1: yeah those are all my notes um i love these two chapters so much so i'll let you
0: finish it up okay my turn to tell to tell a story Mm -hmm. so we got annabeth chapters three and four so the greek campers are all welcomed in to eat with the romans but annabeth isn't feeling super hungry she just wants to be with percy alone but of course things are in their way as usual They need the quest to succeed, so they need the trust of the Romans. The Seven and Reyna all sit together. And also Octavian is like kind of sitting near them, just being annoying. And Percy tells Annabeth, like, to her that he wants to show her around New Rome, just the two of them, which makes Annabeth feel conflicted because she, like, she, she's she been wanting to be alone with Percy and away from all this nonsense. But she's also worried that he prefers Camp Jupiter to their camp and their home. And she looks at him with his tattoos and all of his experience at this new camp and worries that things are going to change with them. But before they can talk more, Reyna calls a toast to friendship, and the seven start exchanging stories. When Percy shares, he recalls waking up at Wolf House with no memories except Annabeth's name, which naturally makes Annabeth swoon and is kind of like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be worried. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) And this whole time, Octavian is also there, and he keeps interjecting and being annoying and is like, guys, there's three praetors now. What are we going to do? You know who Octavian gives me the energy of? Hmm. The train kid in the Polar Express. <laughs> that
1: is not where I thought you were gonna go with it, but you, like yeah the, the annoying one with the glasses. Yeah, yeah, but that kid it's like really, if he went really evil. Yeah, there we go. Evil. I was I was thinking of um, just like in college the not to play devil's advocate,
0: but no.
1: guys, mm-hmm,
0: the one kid mm-hmm. in your philosophy class. Yes.
1: Always there. Always there. Drinks Diet Coke in the morning, never changes his shorts.
0: Yeah. 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 Oh, flashbacks. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, and again, there are three praetors now, Jason, Percy, and Raina. And Percy is like, Octavian, shut up. I'm a praetor, so I can tell you to shut up. And then he turns to Jason and is like, hey man, I'll step aside. (laughs) Like, you can have it, which is a very funny interaction. And then Annabeth brings up the prophecy to the group. She's like, guys, we have work to do. And so it's time, of course, to recite the prophecy. Seven half-blood shall answer the call. To storm or fire, the world must fall. An oath to keep with a final breath and foes bear arms to the doors of death. Annabeth then is like putting her little thinking cap on and she intuits that foes bearing arms means Greeks and Romans and that, that means they have to work together. Hazel brings up that Nico went looking for the door, to which Annabeth is like, wait, our Nico? D'Angela? Our child? (laughs) She's like, Percy, our child? (laughs) And Hazel's just like, yes, and no explanation. Annabeth doesn't learn that Nico has been two-timing them this whole time. (laughs) And Hazel mentions that something bad happened to Nico in his quest for the door. And Percy says that they have to go to Rome per Thanatos' suggestion, how in the end of Son of Neptune, Thanatos was like, you should go to Rome. And they're like, okay. And he explains more, which was helpful for me because the doors of death thing is confusing. Like I needed it re-explained. So Mm -hmm. he said that with Thanatos being freed, monsters will now disintegrate and return to Tartarus as they used to because in the last book, they were just not even dying. Like they were just like, immediately coming back, like with the um, the Gorgons that were chasing Percy at the very beginning. But since the Doors of Death are open, they'll still come back from Tartarus. It'll just take longer because they have to reform all the way down in Tartarus instead of just like where they were killed. So they've got to go to Rome because the Natto said that they'd find clues to where the door is there. And then they have to close them before they go to Greece, the ancient lands where Gaia is planning to do her little seance and like (laughs) mess things up. Reina, it it sounds like it's such a, like, pulling at strings to do this. I'm like, do you guys just want a nice vacation? I know. I know. That's not what it is. Percy ends up in Tartarus, like. <laughs> <laughs> we
1: have to go to an island. We have to meet three different men there. We have to sing some ABBA songs. It's it's in the prophecy. I don't know what to tell you.
0: <laughs> Foes bearing arms means all three men. That could be my father. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna increasingly be like and then meryl streep showed up
1: (laughs) and then this is this is the moment they all sang dancing queen yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. yeah (laughs) reyna says in response to percy explaining all of this that the ancient lands are really dangerous and no hero in their right mind would go there to which leo is like sweet we're all crazy sounds good They have the Argo 2 all ready to go and the seven are all there. Jason, Piper, Leo, Annabeth, Percy, Hazel, and Frank. And Octavian is like, we didn't even vote. Like you just picked yourselves. And honestly, like for a split second, I was like, he's right. It felt like it was giving me the energy of when like all the kids in yearbook class in high school just puts pictures of themselves in the yearbook.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They're like, this is us having fun.
0: High school memories. Yeah, and everyone else is like, what about the pictures we submitted? And they're like, hmm, didn't know. see them. <laughs> Ella and Tyson then randomly show up and, like, th- Annabeth mentions also that they're, like, smitten with each other, which is just such a weird, I'm like, do we need just... that? Can't they just be friends? <laughs> Everyone's pairing off. What is this? Cuffing season? I know apparently it is Hmm. and ella immediately sees annabeth and is like time for another prophecy i feel like whenever there's prophecies in these books there's like three in one chapter and then they're not brought up again until the end (laughs) so ella recites another prophecy and says wisdom's daughter walks alone the mark of athena burns through rome twins snuff out the angel's breath who holds the key to endless death Giant's bane stands golden pale, one through pain from a woven jail. <laughs> a new prophecy for this book, specifically with the other one just kind of like looming over them as well. I know. And hearing this immediately makes Annabeth think of the thing in her pocket. It is a silver coin that Athena had given her during her months away from Percy with the instructions, follow the mark of Athena, avenge me. And we're still like not really getting all the details on what exactly happened with Athena and Annabeth's fight, but we know that there's something going on with Annabeth that she is not telling the others. Percy tries to cover up the fact that Ella just rattled off a whole new prophecy and is just like, wow, nice story, Ella, see you later. Like, <laughs> And Octavian, of course, latches on to this, which is, if you recall, Ella has memorized all the Sibylline books and Octavian will do more than murder some pillow pets for that information and they don't want Octavian to get it because it would just be a lot of power for that little train boy. Annabeth tries to act like it was just something silly. Ella said she's like catches Percy's drift and is like, Ella's always reciting things. It's fine. And then Tyson and Ella head out. Reyna agrees that they should have a formal vote to decide if the quest can happen, and Leo offers to give Octavian a tour of the boat so that he'll feel more comfortable with the whole thing. But Annabeth sees something weird happen. There's like a strange evil, evil expression that comes over Leo's face, which I just want to see what what an evil expression is. He grows
1: this really cool mustache that curls at the edges and a monocle, and he has this lash that just happens and everyone's like, that's normal, go ahead.
0: Yeah, continue, Leo. Mm-hmm. He's, like, about to launch into a monologue. <laughs> you hear music in the background. Exactly. and It's just like, I'm fine. <laughs> but that expression disappears within a few seconds, and nobody else seems to notice it. We're like, what could that mean? We don't know. We'll find out in the next chapter, because Reyna wants to have a private talk with Annabeth. So chapter four. Annabeth is begrudgingly impressed with New Rome as she walks through with Reina because of all the cool architecture. She's like, dang it, I like it here. They talk about the Roman version of Athena, who's Minerva. In Rome, Minerva isn't really a goddess of war. She's the goddess of crafts and wisdom, and she's a maiden goddess like Diana slash Artemis so Annabeth's existence seems blasphemous Blasphemous to the Romans. The ancient Romans took vows of maidenhood very seriously, I think supposedly more serious than the Greeks, even though virginity is a social construct and doesn't exist. The Romans were, you know, setting us up for years of sexual repression. <laughs> Reyna also brings up Ella's prophecy, and Annabeth then well, well, Raina brings up Ella's prophecy and is like, we all know that was a prophecy. I won't tell Octavian, but something's going on. And then Annabeth is like, I know you. And recognizes her from Circe's island. Raina tells Annabeth to convince her that the Greeks should trust the Romans. And Annabeth then is like, okay, I guess I'll give you my whole life story. And she omits only the recent development of the argument with her mom and the silver coin in her pocket. She tells her all <laughs> about like, her dad and her siblings and her abandonment issues and Percy. Can you imagine Raina's like listening to the story and it's like, I'm such a Percy Beth fan.
1: Like, oh my God. Oh, down with crook. And just like eating popcorn and having her
0: opinions. It's like, you know what? It made me think of that scene in Frozen 2. When <laughs> Olaf, Olaf tells the story. <laughs> they should have had Olaf telling it here. Uh. It would have been so good. Reyna listens to the story, and Annabeth says she's a very good listener, she's probably, you know, secretly forming all her shipping opinions, (laughs) and she agrees that they have to work together, but warns her about the mark of Athena. On Cersei's island, there was a man that was searching for the mark of Athena, who had washed ashore, and he was a son of Athena. And when Reyna became Praetor, she put two and two together about the ramblings he'd been saying on Circe's island before Circe turned him into a guinea pig. Because, like, this experience had always stuck with Reyna. There's a legend, an old legend at Camp Jupiter, about Athena being at the center of the Greek and Roman animosity. But before Reyna can tell Annabeth anything else, there's an explosion. The Argo, too, is attacking New Rome, and Leo is at the helm and firing, and pandemonium ensues. Octavian then orders all the Romans to kill all the Greeks, so the seven have to skedaddle. Hazel and Frank decide to distract them, since they're Romans so they're not gonna get shot at, and Hazel uses Arion, and Frank morphs into a dragon, <laughs> which, like, such a cool thing to mention in just a few sentences. I know. And he distracts the archers. And they all get on the ship to find Leo in a sort of trance saying, destroy them all. Annabeth takes over the helm and sends the ship up, up, and away before Leo can do any more damage. And that is the end of those chapters. Um, my notes. Annabeth's anxiety about Percy preferring Camp Jupiter just like breaks my heart. Like she has such an anxious attachment style, which is like obviously what we know about her. And, like, how she was ran away from home and felt like her family didn't love her and all this stuff. Like, she clearly is so anxious about losing him, and I'm like, oh, poor baby. (laughs) Yet then she judo-flips him, so, like... I know, so, you know. (laughs) Well, obviously it means we've established that she knows that that keeps him around.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He's like, more of this later?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um... Also, so when Annabeth sees the way that Raina is talking about Percy and is looking at him, she immediately in her mind, because again, she's the only one with critical thinking, is like, oh god, like, I can tell that she likes Percy and that she tried to make a move on him. Like, when she mentions something about, like, Percy speaking highly of her and stuff, and Annabeth just very easily intuits this. But instead of hating her like she did with Rachel, she's basically, like, Poor girl. He turned her down for me. And it's kind of like, I get it, Raina, which is growth. Like, we love to see it. She's like, women supporting women, women commiserating about being in love with the same dumb boy. Like, Annabeth's like, I understand, but like, he's mine. <laughs> She's like, it's
1: really embarrassing. I know I've been there to have feelings for this dumbass, but it's okay. You'll heal. Also, he's mine. <laughs>
0: yeah, you'll get better. As long as you stay away. <laughs> also, there's a bit in this that I just thought was funny, where Percy describes something as water, as or something is described as water leaking through a dam, and Percy says, we've got a damn hole, and then laughs to himself, and everyone's like, what? what? And then he's like, inside joke. And it's even funnier, because no one he had the joke with is there. That's like, so true! <laughs> Annabeth wasn't there for that. It was like, Talia, and... Um, zoe rip and grover so what
1: inside joke
0: with himself it's so cute what a dork okay that's the end of my notes i was just like this is so fun already i love this i know oh i'm excited we're gonna have so much fun
1: i love that it i'm glad that it gets increasingly better um yeah it definitely does
0: yeah well, I don't remember the last book as well. I don't remember liking it very much. We'll see again. I don't like the last book as much. It also doesn't have Percy or Annabeth's perspective, so that Yes, I, I remember I waiting for that. Yeah.
1: I remember yeah. reading something that he couldn't put, the, well, the theory was that he didn't want to put that because, like, there might be implications <laughs> that they were getting it on, which I was like, I yep. think they're focusing on, like, their PTSD from
0: yeah, They're first. still on a quest right now. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Maybe later. <laughs> All right. Uh, Zeus's
0: lightning bolt round questions. Are you ready? Yeah, of course. Okay. Um, one that I came up with was if you could assemble like a task force of any seven of the demigods, dead or alive, from like any of the books, who would you choose?
1: Oh, okay. So I would replace, and like, no offense to them, but full offense to them, Jason and Piper, with. Mm-hmm. Talia, and Zoe. Ooh. Ooh, that's like, good. Because, like, whatever Jason I mean, has to offer. Zoe's like
0: a demi-Titan. Yeah. But yeah. she counts. She yeah. counts. She counts.
1: Oh, or if I can't do Zoe, I realize, I keep thinking he's part of the Seven, and I keep forgetting, I would do definitely Nico. Like, oh, yeah. so powerful. Same. It's crazy he's not involved. I know. It's because he's he's been too busy being kidnapped for most of this book. I <laughs>
0: poor nico what about you and then would you keep everyone else i think i would keep everyone else yeah yeah Yeah. i would definitely keep percy and annabeth um i feel like i have to keep frank because his powers are so cool Mm -hmm. i would replace jason with talia Mm -hmm. i honestly think i'd replace leo with beckendorf Oh. Because Beckendorf can has, I mean, he doesn't have the fire skill, but I feel like he's a little less of a loose cannon. Like, I feel like <laughs> yeah. he's a little more reliable. I don't and know, I like to be funny, able to though. control my squad. <laughs> Plus, like, if, if this is my squad, I'm looking at them and Beckendorf is more attractive in my personal headcanon.
1: <laughs> but, like, Beckendorf's um, taken and Leo is just, like, so eager to please. I feel I like know. I could get him to do anything if I just, like, you know, boost his ego a little bit.
0: Yeah. yeah. See, I feel like Piper's powers are useful, mm. but she doesn't use them enough. Mm-mm. She doesn't use them for evil. I would definitely, I would think I'd replace Hazel with Nico. Like, sorry, mm. Hazel, but yeah, Nico's cool. Um, hmm. Just casually
1: know. break up all the couples besides
0: Percival in this can moment. Get rid of all of them. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'd replace Piper with someone Sorry, Piper. But you could bring to someone. She yeah, have have charm another speak, Aphrodite. Yeah, yeah, she doesn't have charm speak. Just like for Beckendorf, I would sake, bring, you know? Or you can even bring Reyna. Like she's pretty powerful. Oh, Reyna would be cool. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like Annabeth can sometimes like not charm speak people, but she can talk her way out of a situation. Yeah. So. She's got that covered. <laughs> yeah, I'd keep Percy and Annabeth. I'd keep Frank. And I think I'm replacing everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, we got another question on Instagram. Ev asked, if you could speak a dead language, like how they recite prophecies in Latin and stuff, which one would you choose?
1: Ooh, okay. <clears throat> I had to look up, because, like, the word dead language is so interesting, because mm-hmm. it's, mm-hmm. like, there's dead languages, there's no longer alive, there's expired languages, there's departed oh. languages, and there's extinct languages. Like, everything is, like, different Whoa. according to, like, the couple websites that I've looked at. But the one that I would probably learn is Sanskrit. Ooh, that'd be my, cool. My dad learned it growing up, because, like, mm. and then I know we have, like, a lot of, um, indian listeners who probably know a lot more about this than i do but my my dad learned it growing up because he wanted to take it you're supposed to take like a third language Mm -hmm. and um i think it was like an easier grade so he took it but it's also really nice (laughs) because he whenever we talk about like food or like ancient rituals or any rites that we do or like Uh, ceremonies and stuff like that he can interpret what it means he also has a really good at like it's kind of like the way that we use latin roots Mm -hmm. he can turn determine the roots of like a lot of of the language common languages because like my mom speaks a different language than my dad and they all speak each other's languages and it's just like Mm -hmm. it's nice to know the roots so that's my answer
0: i think yeah that's so cool i also looked up dead languages i feel like i went a non-useful route where I saw that middle English was included on in there. <laughs> I would you that want that. imagining being able to speak like Chaucer and Canterbury Tales. Oh, <laughs> just be yeah. Like, where they, there's like a rhythm to it and you just yeah. sound really funny. You start like you're <laughs> there's rapping. There's no use to this. Yeah. <laughs> There's no use to it at all. I had a professor who had us read the Canterbury Tales in like attempt to do Middle English and oh god, she could speak it and it was kind of, it, was, it was hard to take seriously.
1: That's literally the only weird, like, like if lady. you learn that language the, the only way you can use it is if you get a group of like honor students to yeah, try to
0: pretty much like read the Canterbury Tales, yeah. That was pretty much the only purpose. I really picked a stupid language but I just think it would be funny. It would be very funny. And their insults were pretty funny too. Like those old English insults. Is it like I bite my thumb at you, sir?
1: I think so. Yeah. 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 All right. So, <laughs> this question that I made um I'm kind of regretting it now cuz it's a bit Oh no. intense. Not even intense, that's too broad, so try your mm. best. Um, what is the moment you had an opposite reaction to what you were supposed to?
0: Oh, God. Um. I mean, I think of the typical, like, you know, laughing at a funeral type mm-hmm. of uh, stereo, like, not stereotype, but, like, experience. Like, I think of... <laughs> this is, like... More, not that recently, like a year or two ago, when my dad called me to tell me that my grandpa passed, which was kind of a long time coming, Mike was like in the other room doing, like he was playing a video game or something, and like I went to go take the call, and then Mike came out and was like just talking to me about the video game, because I wasn't really emoting about it, and was just like, he went on for minutes, and then he was like, oh what'd your dad call you about by the way, and I was just like, oh my grandpa died, and I just started laughing. (laughs) And Mike's, because of Mike's face, he was like, you just let me talk for minutes about that. When then I was just like laughing so hard. I mean, that's
1: the one that I would think of too, is like when I, yeah, I find out like sad news. I start laughing or um, even good news. Like I got into, I got into my grad program. Mm -hmm. I was very like, Okay. Everyone yeah, else is freaking
0: get, out. When I've gotten good news, I'm just like, huh. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Weird. Yeah. Like, I got
1: my job. I was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> maybe we're just, like, trained to, like, not... Emote. <laughs> ...feel happiness. Not emote.
1: We do feel yeah, happiness when this people... this is a problem. We do feel happiness when people die apparently though. Oh, you're right. Yeah. yeah. So we just don't feel it. It's the not even happiness, times. it's just laughing. Just it's laughter. Hysteria.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, humanity.
1: I don't know if you've ever watched Modern Family, but there's this running gag mm-hmm. where the mom, Claire, laughs every time someone mentions like she smiles every time someone mentions someone's died. And it's very funny. I haven't seen all of
0: Modern Family, but I've seen enough to be like, yeah, I, I, yeah. (laughs) That's funny.
1: All right. So next time we are continuing with Mark of Athena chapters 5 through 12, which means that we get to see Leo and Piper's perspectives again. So, you know, mixing it up, like we got our Annabeth, now we're going back and I'm excited to see everyone analyze each other Especially because Leo and Piper have never met Percy, and I'm sure they've heard a lot mm-hmm. about him,
0: so it'll be fun. Yeah. They're like, this is the Percy. I know. He's even hotter than I thought. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty and sure Piper is not impressed.
1: Yeah. But that's because she's like, yeah. no one can compare him to my Jason. I'm like, shut up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. If you are interested in supporting us, you can find us on Patreon. The link is in the episode description, as well as a link to send us an audio message if you ever want to send in um, lightning bolt questions or just uh, yourself screaming about Percibeth.
1: <laughs> you can follow us on social media. We're on all platforms at Camp Half Pod.
0: And you can also email us, camphalfpod at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and don't forget to review our podcast. (laughs) Bye. Bye.
1: (laughs)